G'day, my name's Steve Mabs and I'm the CEO of business and digital consultancy Essient. In today's special podcast episode, Beck talks with Deirdre Diamonte and Claire Marriott, two of the four founders of Tech Diversity, the others being Susie Johnston and Tracy Habron. Tech Diversity is an industry alliance committed to amplifying diversity awareness and achieving a culture of inclusion through conversation, collaboration and action among a committed tech diversity community. Over to you, Beck. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast. It's an absolute pleasure today to have some very special guests on our episode for International Women's Day, friends and colleagues, Claire Marriott and Deidre Diamonte. Just to start off, I might go to Deidre and ask her what motivated her to start the foundation and also, in particular, what in your personal life spurred you on to do that? And if you could also share with us a little bit about Tech Diversity, its mission and the impact it's having. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you for having Claire and myself here today, and thank you to Essien for putting this on. So we started Tech Diversity in 2015, and back then it was actually in response to the ongoing problem that we heard that we don't have a depth of skills in the technology sector, particularly in Australia. And my thought was, well, that's because we are predominantly hiring the same type of person, a a white man. So if we expanded our net of the people that we're actually employing and growing through the sector, surely it's going to have a great impact on skills and the development of the sector, uh, of such an important sector. So that was one of the primary reasons. Um, At the same time, we were involved in Uh, women in technology groups. There were many other groups around women in technology and we thought Tech Diversity should be an umbrella foundation for all of those so that we could amplify our voice. But it really stemmed from that whole perspective of how do we grow out this sector and, of course, it's the right thing to do, diversity and inclusion. And so six years on now, the mission of Tech Diversity remains the same. It's how do we use advertising, government, education and business, how do we all work together to build the diversity across the tech sector? And we primarily have done that through our awards program. And and the whole reason behind the awards program is if we see similar organisations putting together initiatives that sponsor diversity, then that's something that we can copy. We can look at their challenges, we can look at their successes, we can look at their lessons learned and emulate. So, Claire, over to you. Why were you motivated to join Tech Diversity and um, in support of that vision that Deidre's just outlined for us? Well, um, you can tell by the accent I'm from the UK and I arrived here, you know, just seven or eight years ago and there was a huge amount of change that we were already, you know, making in the UK and every year I was going back to London and seeing more of the, you know, the momentum the changes uh, were affecting. And when I came here, I could see that there was work to be done and I just wanted to be part of that and make a difference. And um, and also to just be working with amazing people here in Melbourne, you know, to make that, make those changes. And I'm really passionate about it. 
I know you are. I can see that. Deidre, what about um, when did you know you were onto something really special? Or either of you, I'll come to you, Claire, as well. But but Deidre, maybe you could share with us when you knew you were onto something really special with Tech Diversity. So for me, it was when we had probably our second awards program. So we would have been into really the third year of Tech Diversity. I, I always knew it was special, but it wasn't until that third year when, sorry, the third year, which was the second year of the awards, where we just had some incredible businesses showcasing their diversity programs and to see how proud they were of being recognised for these diversity programs. And, and I had people come up to me afterwards say, we're going to run a workshop tomorrow on what more we can do about diversity. And another person say, I'm going to get all of my team to take a diversity pledge. And I thought to myself, wow, even if we've just impacted one person, but we've impacted so many businesses and people to do more, that's when I thought this is exceptionally cool. Fantastic. And, Claire, what about you? So what uh, the moment that really, you know, set my hairs on end was the most amazing thing when we moved from the conversation around gender diversity to diversity in its truest form. You know, when we saw the neurodiverse team from the Department of Health and Human Services get on that stage, it just brought tears to my eyes. And then the following year when they'd um, had such great success in the, in the change that they'd brought to the business, their team going from six to 35 people. I don't even know what it is right now, um, but just the way that they'd um, affected the people around them and, and the success that they'd had with that project that they took on. It was just amazing because it can't be any more about gender diversity. It must be about all of us every single person in the workplace because you can't be what you can't see. I know that's an overused expression, but it's really important. Yeah, and I think those role models, I mean, and you you two definitely have been that, but those role models for the industry and also showcasing that in the the organisations that work with tech diversity, that uh, apply and nominate themselves for the awards program. There are ways that we can get that that message out there. And I 100% agree. I remember that moment when DHHS had that team of people up there with their, with their neurodiversity award and, and then seeing that follow on the next year, it definitely, definitely gave gave chills but I but I also think it was fantastic that you had that focus on gender in those in those early years because I think that really spoke to what was happening in the industry as well and and a need for that kind of conversation so I'm really interested to hear from both of you about what what this year's tech diversity program is going to focus on and what are your key aims that you're looking to achieve this year Deirdre the most one of the most exciting things we are doing is we've launched our tech diversity pledge and thank you Rebecca for taking the tech diversity pledge and we have a very bold aim of having 250,000 people take that pledge across Australia which is a significant number when you think of our population particularly our population in the tech sector but we want people to very proudly take the tech diversity pledge to describe what they're going to do, you know, the one small thing that they're going to do to continue to promote diversity. So that's that's the most exciting thing. 
Um, we hope to run our awards this year and, and all things being equal, we'll have an event at the end of the year and we're also going to continue our, our webinar program, which we started last year and it was being really successful in building the awareness of tech diversity. So we'll continue that. Yeah, and also uh, for me it's the fact that we're now becoming more of a national uh, focus project as well, which is fantastic having Luli and her team alongside us with all of her skills and passions. Um, you know, she is making a huge difference. When you're four volunteers with a team of volunteers, you know, it's a lot of work and that's not our skill set. So to have someone who knows this and um, can get behind it as well is uh, just amazing. So that's really important to all of us. Fantastic. I was going to touch on the pledge. So thank you for sharing that with us, Deirdre. And that is a big audacious goal to have 250,000 people take it. But I'm sure if you put those out there, that's, what, that's when we start to achieve them. Mm. Can you describe for us what a um, diverse and inclusive culture in the tech industry actually looks like for you? For me, Rebecca, it's really, really super simple. This is no longer a topic. We do not have to have awards and gala dinners. We do not have to have committees or work groups to discuss this. It just is. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Bring it on. Deidre, have you got anything you'd add to that? I, I still think it's a generational change and, and I look at my children and there are things that we've experienced as females in the workplace or people with a disability would experience, et cetera, et cetera, that they just don't see now, which I think is really, really good. Uh, so we, we will just have to continue to do what we're doing and, and um, I, I really do think positively that this is going to be a generational change and I, I long for the day, just as Claire and you said, where well, we don't need it. We just don't need it. Yeah. And look, we always encourage, and, and for us it means an inclusive culture is about, you know, making sure the whole self comes to work all the time, particularly, mm. um, you know, being proud and being open and being vulnerable and comfortable to be able to, to mm. bring your whole self to work. And, and, and you know, I think the, the most positive thing you can look at is that next generation where, where none of those potentially, well, they're not none, but mm. a lot of those things are being addressed. They're blind to them. They're blind to sexual orientation. They're blind to, you know, some of the disabilities mm. that are there. They don't, they don't necessarily, but I'm just hoping that that's not something they learn when they get into later life, that they can hold on the to that, um, that. Yeah, hold on to that blindness um, and bring that into the workforce. And I think the other thing for organisations that embrace diversity, it's and it's not just the right thing to do it's it, it also because you're bringing your whole self to work it increases productivity but also it increases that um much better fit between what we're designing and what we're producing and what society and communities use so diversity in an organization it's not just the right thing to do from a human perspective but there are so many statistics that show that economically or business-wise it's the right thing to do as well. And that's not why we do it, but it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful outcome. It is. 
It just made me think about a conversation that Deirdre and I had had a couple of weeks ago about how you measure success in this space. And we talked, Deirdre, about the fact that a lot of the measures place are put in place to speak to those who are currently in power, to speak ah, yes. to the to the middle-aged man and to convince them that this is a good thing to do. And I just wonder what your what your thoughts are around the right measures to really focus on when it comes to diversity. Because I think I think we've spent a huge amount of time trying to convince people in powerful positions in organizations and government that that this is valuable outside of being the right thing to do. It's actually valuable for a business. And we've been trying to couch those in those typical ways that we convince that group or cohort of people. And I I, I don't know the answer, but I'm interested in what your both of your thoughts are as to whether we're trying to measure the right things here. Are we still, are we trying to fight fire with fire or are we, uh, have, have we got a, uh, should we be coming up with a different strategy of how we measure this? Well, Rebecca, this is a really, really important question. And I had the conversation at dinner the other night with a very interesting gentleman who was very aggressive about the fact that he thought it was ridiculous to have these numbers. It was outrageous. How dare we even consider, you know, how telling a company that they had to hire women and all he kept seeing were more women in more roles and failing more. And it was a really gobsmacking situation because I thought, oh, my God, there are blokes that get hired that don't do a very good job either. You know, how are you even looking at this? You know, when I said to him, but there are guys that get hired that aren't brilliant at their job either. You know, what are you, where are you coming from on this? Why are you being so black and white about it? So I think there's still a way to go. Um and the measure, how to measure things are very precarious. You know, there are some really good people in the world that say, you know, like the minister that said he wouldn't go to any meetings that weren't at least a 50-50 uh, representation. Well, that's great if you're talking gender, but why can't we have 20-20-20-20, you know, of different types of people? Why does it have to be male and female all the time? For me, I find that really confronting, especially as I have a young son who is a very open-minded, open-hearted, uh, blind to all of this stuff human being. I don't want him to be um, negatively, uh, cho you know, decided upon because he isn't a woman. And I, as an executive search expert, I get faced with that all the time. We want a woman for this role now, which is just like, whoa, hold on. You know, we've got to look at the marketplace. We've got to look at why we're doing things. Um, including measurements. It can't just be, well, in my heart, it can't just be that simple. But we do have to start somewhere, right, because the change is too slow. Deirdre, what do you think? What do you think about quotas as well? Obviously, I don't sympathise with that gentleman that you spoke about, Claire, <laughs> but I do hear a lot that women are taking men's jobs or that women are taking uh, speaking engagements because of all of these measures and all of these quotas. And I've grown up thinking I would hate to be given a job because I'm a female. Um, I'm, on, I'm on a board at the moment and I know part of the reason my application was successful was because I was a female. I'm also very active in the community and, and have other attributes. Um, and, and I've had to sort of make peace with that and, and discuss this with Rebecca that we do need targets and we do need measures. Perhaps they need to be broadened 
but as as women or representatives of any sort of cohort we're talking about, I think we need to take one for the team as well to make space. So the more I accept that I am mm-hmm. a quota, um, we're making space and we're building acceptance within an organisation that we do need to have gender equality or equality across sexual orientation or multicultural backgrounds, Aboriginals, et cetera. Um, but if we don't have measures and if we don't have quotas, we're never going to make that space. We're never going to think differently enough, never going to challenge ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Just to finish off on, on that conversation Claire had with that gentleman and, and that I've had in the tech sector with, with men, at least change is happening. You know, those stages, those um, stages of change with forming, storming, norming. We're at the storming stage and I think that's really cool because at least change is happening. And I, I don't want men to feel threatened. I don't want any cohort to feel threatened, but at least change is happening. And I think that's great. Yep, 100%. Um, might flick over because obviously we have heard and lots and lots of people know you too and what you've, what you've achieved with Tech Diversity and, um, and, and the amazing work you both do for your organisations um, and outside your organisations. But um, just a little bit about, about your backgrounds individually and um, some of your experiences, you know, I'd love to hear about what brought you to Australia, why you've stayed, and I guess some key experiences that have shaped your working career and um, some role models that have influenced you. Well, that's a big question. So, yes, from the UK, uh, I came to Australia because I married an amazing Australian um, so we're very grateful to be here and have the option to live in both worlds, you know, because they are slightly different, even though we have same similar languages. Uh, so I've been in the tech world since the very early 80s. We'll just leave it at that. So I've worked for tech firms. I've run my own business for, oh gosh, probably 25 years. I've been running a business, if not longer. So I've had the pleasure and the experience of having to hire, build, invest and, you know, and build the, the future and the robustness in business uh, for myself and many others. So um, and I just passionate about people in general um, what inspired me in the very early years, I was 15 sitting in front of the careers counsellor at school. And I know this is going back a long time, but she said to me, you can become a teacher, a nurse, or a secretary. And even at those tender years, I was livid that that was it for me, livid, and obviously didn't listen and challenge that. And I've been really lucky that I've got a great mum who's always helped me to believe that everything's possible, be a global citizen. Um, and also uh, the men that I've worked for in the early years as well that just gave me the courage and the freedom to think and challenge status quo and get on with it. You know, I was lucky enough to sell my business many years ago in 2006, travel the world with my son for two years. So we've seen every face on the planet except an Eskimo. And Jack was only seven at the time. So we don't have that focus or that belief system you know it was all very much challenged in those days and when we came back you know we just wanted to live a peaceful life and and enjoy everybody that we came in contact with and be fair and and so that's what we've done um i just find everybody i meet is inspirational really even if it's negative 
and meeting the women that I met here, it was just amazing to be part of this uh, program of work that's just grown and grown and grown and something we're all so proud of and to see the change that's been made. It's just phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Deidre, you were just talking about that. I know before Claire jumped on, but that, um, you know, what you, the exposure you had this morning about that, that global citizen and understanding just how hard some people do it. Yeah, I, I had the absolute privilege of being at an event where the Reverend Tim Costello was speaking and we were, we were talking about Pacific Island nations and one nation in particular where, um, Violence against women is is extraordinarily high. Um, seven out of ten women in relationships are abused, are physically abused. Seven out of ten. And now we're talking about it as a, a partly a cultural thing because it's still very much a chieftain type system of government. Um, and also they talked about it being quite a religious society, but that very much. Um, old-fashioned religion where woman came from Adam and he was saying in what in Western countries we talk about gender equality but those words have no relevance in some of these in some of these countries he says it's much more about they have to go right back to to the Bible and say no males and females were created equal we are all equal. We are all equal regardless of the colour of our hair, the colour of our skin, um, our nature. We are all equal. And he said the conversations we need to have to stop this violence is just about it doesn't matter where we're born or what we look like or how we sound, that we are all equal. And um, he said that that's what the discussion they have to have in those countries. But I thought to myself, well, it is actually still a conversation that we have to have here because I think we we lose, sometimes I think we get too smart for our own good and we use these terms, but at the basis of it, we're all people, we're all humans and we are all equal. And that's the, um, yeah, it's the absolute intent of what we're doing and the more we can recognise that, much, much better society will become. In the last minute or so, Deidre, have you got? Um, have you got? Would you like to share with us a little bit about you and your your personal background? Uh, so my background, um, I guess, for me, the big change came when I left government fifteen years in government to set up my business, and that was ten years ago. And as a businesswoman trying to grow a business in a tech sector, I completely lost my identity. I stopped wearing lovely frocks and lovely shoes and started wearing pantsuits and being a little bit more gruff and thought I needed to not be Deirdre but I needed to be someone else to succeed. And no surprise, I wasn't as successful as I could have been and it wasn't actually until I started Tech Diversity with Claire and Susie, who's the other co-founder, and met people like yourself, Beck that I started to really realise what being true to yourself and authentic and how powerful that was. And so for me, my role models are people like the two of you and people like Susie because you're these accessible, 
successful people that are genuine and have shitty days and have all of these foibles that we all have but are still successful and genuine um, to yourselves. And for me that's really important. And Claire, you said you can't be what you can't see. That's why role models across the diversity spectrum are so important. It, it um, sort of validates that we should be authentic. Um, and there's no doubt I've been a much more successful businesswoman because of it. That's amazing. Thank you, Deirdre. I really, um, you know, I know I know we're um, probably out of time. Um, I could talk to you two as we have done for hours and hours and hours and um, I'm sure we will continue to do it. But um, can I just say thank you so much for spending the time today um, to talk to me. I am very, very privileged, I feel, to call you both friends as well as colleagues in this industry of ours that we we, we love and share and want to grow and improve all the time. So um, just thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and to talk about tech diversity, Beck. Thanks, Beck, Deirdre and Claire for a great interview. And congratulations, Deirdre and Claire, on tech diversity's incredible success in only a few short years. We look forward to what the future holds for the Alliance. Please join us again next time when we further explore dimensions of leadership through the experience of Australia's top organisational leaders. Bye for now.